Welcome to the Prospering Soul Podcast. This limited series is all about how to take care of your soul and how to make sure you understand the ways to be healthy and balanced in life. In this series, John Metter, lead pastor of Cross City Church, sits down to explain one of the most important secrets of his own spiritual growth and a detailed explanation of how people change. This is John Metter in the Prospering So podcast, and we're so glad you've joined us, and hopefully you've been with us through these several sessions uh, of the Prospering So. We've gone through all kinds of background. Today, we're going to do something a little different on a podcast. Uh, this is actually session eight, and I'm calling this a picture with a th- is worth a thousand words. And a picture is worth a thousand words, and of course, the idea of that uh, statement is you can look at a picture... And it gives you a really great description that it might take a thousand words to describe. But I'm going to reverse that today because you're probably listening to this podcast while doing something else. You might be driving. You might be um, running. You might be a number of things that you're doing. And you may not be able to see the picture, even though we're going to attach the two pictures I described today to our podcast. And you'll be able to look at that. Um, So if you're wanting to look at those pictures while I talk about them, then uh, please find a place to sit down, maybe behind a desk, maybe it's a chair uh, in your home or office or wherever you might be, and uh, just know that we're going to talk through a couple of diagrams that I believe are going to be very, very helpful. Now, the reason I love these diagrams is because we created these with the intent of helping people visualize exactly how this thought process works with us and how our thoughts can take us to a good place or a bad place. So the first diagram that I'll describe for you is uh, what I call truth over lies. And uh, if you would imagine with me for just a moment a timeline from the left part of your paper to the right part of your page. And um, we're going to build a timeline and that timeline will follow the direction of a thought. Uh, There are two verses that are at the base of this document or this drawing, and uh, this picture will highlight the two verses. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is one of them, and here's what it says. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, if you've been with us, you know that this is really a great deal about the way we think. Because the way we think affects the way we feel and the way we act. And in this verse, Paul, the apostle, says to the church at Rome, he says, don't be conformed to the way the world thinks. Don't be conformed to the way they act. They're all natural individuals, natural men, natural women. They're not really spiritual men and women. They don't have the insights that you have from God. They don't have the truth that you have from God. But rather, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, let your mind dwell on the truth. And when it dwells on the truth, and by that we can also say dwells on the facts, when it dwells on the truth, you will prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That simply means that as you think, so are you. And the Bible actually says it in that way too. The second verse that's at the base of this uh, picture is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. And I want to just call attention to one key line of this. It's in the arena of spiritual warfare. And it deals with what we think about uh, and whether it's true or whether it's a lie. And it says we're destroying speculations. That is the what if questions about life. 
And we're destroying every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. That simply means that we're pulling down all these thoughts that say God doesn't care about us, God's not going to help us, God is not going to direct us. We're tearing all that down. But this last line is where I want to arrive at. It says, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now that's the line we want to land at. And the reason we want to land there is because a very key, a big part, a key part of living well and living in health, uh, a key part of balance is thinking well. And by that, I mean, we learn to think on the basis of truth instead of a lie, even a half lie or a fraction of a lie that's very small can get us off course if we don't think based on the truth. So really, as we think about this timeline of how we move through our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, I want you to remember those two verses. And then I want you to remember an acrostic. And it's really simple. It is the word wait, W-A-I-T. It's a word that spells what I do when I don't react immediately. I wait to react after thinking something through. And the acrostic, W-A-I-T, stands for what am I thinking? Now, that's a great question to ask yourself. Whenever you have something happen to you, you learn some information about something, someone says something to you, you see something, you feel, hear something, and your tendency is to respond immediately in anger or frustration or anxiety or fear or any number of those things. And you don't wait long enough to think through whether this is a fact, whether this is truth that you're hearing. Uh, You may hear a partial truth and react wrongly on that partial truth, or you may hear it the wrong way, or you may hear an actual lie, and that lie carries you off into your emotions and your will, your behavior, and uh, you end up responding that way habitually. And some people really fall into that trap, into that stronghold. So those two verses guide us in our thinking. Now, Um, When you think about those two verses and you think about the acrostic weight, W-A-I-T, then you'll have kind of the mental image of what I want you to see on this map or this this drawing, this picture. So let's go back to the center of the picture or the timeline from left to right. On the very far left of this illustration is a statement that says, any situation and any belief, okay? So you can go upward with that. When you know the truth, the truth will help you move from left to right with correct thinking, correct feeling, correct acting, and correct results. So the truth and deciding what the truth is, is a key component to moving forward. That's why it's, impo- that's why it's so important for us to think through what uh, information we're getting. Think through what someone has said. Think through what a certain circumstance uh, may be indicating to us. Before we start thinking deeply, start being emotionally moved, before we act and get the results of that, we want to make sure that we wait and say, what am I thinking? So on the positive side, if you take that timeline on the upper part of that, if you think about truth, then you will feel the appropriate response to that truth and you will act in an appropriate way, which will result in you being of character in that appropriate way. I'll give some examples in a minute. Um, Go back to the left side of that timeline, and let's take the downside of that. Let's just say that your, your first thought that you hear and the first information you get cannot be verified as truth. You've heard a lie. 
Uh, you've been accused of something. You're not really sure if that's innocent or guilty accusation. Maybe someone has innocently said something about you. Um, and so you think they have it in for you. And uh, so with that faulty thinking, you're going to move across that timeline from left to right. You're going to think something that's in error. You're going to feel something that's in error. And then you're going to act in error. And you do that enough, that's who you are. So let's put this in the context of relationships and, and keep moving across that timeline from left to right. Let's just say, and I'm a married man, I've been married for more than 40 years, and, and my wife and I have had the whole range of conversations that a couple can have. And I can remember times when she said something that I did not fully hear. And I thought by her manner and by her tone of voice, it was somewhat disrespectful or somewhat scorn, scorning uh, something I was doing. All right. If I reacted immediately, then I would begin to think that she's angry at me or upset at me or disappointed in me. I would begin to feel that she's disappointed in me or angry, and I would begin to act in accordance to that, maybe become defensive, maybe even retaliate. And if I do that enough, then I fall into the pattern of that's the way I respond when I'm not really sure what she said. That's the downside of this. So let's just go back to that moment where she said what she said, and I didn't fully understand it. And if I practice the weight principle, what am I thinking? I would pause long enough to say, wait a minute. I think I heard what she said, but I can ask a simple question and say, what did you mean by that? Now, if what she meant by that wasn't negative, it wasn't disrespectful, it wasn't scornful, then I have a whole different set of responses that I can take. Since I know now that she was not scorning me, that she was not disrespectful in any way, that it was not one of those bad situations, I thought it was, but upon asking further, I realized it wasn't. Now I'm going to think the right kind of thought. Oh, this is what she's communicating. And then I'll feel the right way. Oh, okay, I have a neutral feeling about this. This is not uh, positive or negative at all. This is just, let's take the next step. And then I would act in such a way that's appropriate. And that begins to spell out my character. Now, my character is very different when I respond quickly and when I respond inaccurately or incompletely to what is said to me. Um, when I respond after waiting, then I'm going to be more accurate on the way I'm thinking, more accurate on the way I'm responding uh, and feeling, and more accurate in who I am. And that, that builds a great relationship with someone when we respond with that kind of composure. So the truth over lies is a really, really important diagram that helps us think through our thinking processes. Okay, let me take it back to an actual example uh, in my life a number of years ago. I've talked openly about having an anger problem when I was growing up. Part of that is tied to my own hearing loss. I lost my hearing when I was a young boy, if you haven't heard that story. And uh, in, in many ways, I felt that, um, that God had not treated me fairly. So I was mad at God. I also had experienced some... Um, disrespect and some rejection by people in my peer group. And uh, so I was pretty sensitive to that. And so when people looked at me in a certain way, uh, where they made fun of my inability to hear, then I would respond with anger. I remember going to college, and I remember seeing a new group of people that I was interacting with and meeting. And I saw what I thought was that same old junior high behavior that I experienced when I was a younger guy that infuriated me so much. And I thought I saw that in this group of guys and girls that I was uh, meeting for the first time. And, um, and, 
and I had to take a step back. I thought, oh, no, it's happening to me again. I'm going to be rejected again. I have these hearing aids in my ear. They know I can't hear as well as, as they can. This is high school or junior high all over again. But instead of responding immediately, which would have been a drastic mistake, I paused long enough to say, wait a minute, let me, let me wait and give them a chance. Let me see if they really are that way. And I entered further into the conversation. And within five minutes, I realized they weren't scorning me. They didn't know me. And yet that look that I picked up on was something that took me back to my childhood and a whole series, a whole pattern of behavior that responded to being rejected. I could almost feel the emotions. In fact, I did feel the emotions before I ever really acknowledged that this was a lie. I, I felt the emotions of rejection. I felt down. I felt, oh, oh no, I need to just back away and withdraw here. And that would have been the wrong kind of behavior based on the wrong kind of data. I would have let my thoughts go in the wrong direction. Now, on the other hand, because I paused and I stepped into that conversation, I realized they were very open to a new friendship. I realized they were not ready to, uh, to mock or to make fun of me. I realized they were curious and they wanted to know, tell us your story. Well, I, I, I found a set of friends that continued to be my friends for life as a result of waiting long enough instead of walking away. Okay, so if you follow that, that timeline, if you will, of that picture, I waited for truth. I said, what am I thinking? Waited for truth, stepped into the conversation, realized it wasn't what I thought. And so I began thinking well. I began to be emotionally balanced and open to them. And then I began to act that way. I acted as though I was, were accepted. I acted as though I were a part of the group. And, uh, and then it didn't take long for me to just become part of that group because I wasn't dealing with that negative energy, that negative emotion, when you buy into a lie versus the truth. Now, I can go through this in every scenario possible and, re and help us realize that there is a definitely a timeline to how we feel and how we behave based on what we allow into our minds to be uh, the truth. That we really have to stop that thought. We have to wait and say, what am I thinking? Now, I can take this in a number of different directions. This timeline uh, works with almost any temptation as well. As you know, the process of a thought and the process of a temptation and the process of a sin are the same. You start with a thought in your mind, and then you move to the way you feel about something, and then you move to actually how you're going to act on it, and you become that, whatever it is. Now, that's the first diagram that I wanted to tell you about, and uh, that timeline is a very, very important timeline for us. Um, and you can actually see this diagram when you're free to look at it. It's on um, our podcast uh, site. So please look at that, and that'll help you a little bit with some thoughts. Now, I want to introduce you to a second picture, and the second picture is one uh, not of a timeline, but of a pendulum. And uh, we've developed this uh, out of a conversation that I have with my wife, and we worked together on this diagram that allowed us to see uh, the, the, sw the swings that take place uh, when mood swings take place or uh, when we begin to respond to certain things in our lives. And uh, it really is a helpful thing to, to see. So look at this picture, this blank pa page in your mind, if you would, for a second, uh, if you're not able to look at the picture itself. And I want you to imagine a pendulum. Now, for some of us, we would say it's not just a pendulum, but it's a, a plumb line. It is a diamond-shaped kind of base. It's on a string or a chain 
And as you see that in the middle of the picture, I want you to also see the word God who holds us at the top. We're all connected to God at the top. And then at the bottom of that pendulum or plumb line, you've got uh, the word truth, the truth that grounds us. So at the top of the page, you have God who holds us. You see the chain. You see the pendulum. And then at the bottom, the truth that grounds us. I intend for you to see the truth that grounds us as a gravitational kind of force. And so in that diagram, if you can imagine the arc at which a timeline, or rather a pendulum swings, then you can see that arc beneath the base of that pendulum. And uh, there's a range of healthy thoughts and emotions. You know, a pendulum uh, is something that is designed to swing right and left, right and left. Uh, clocks have those pendulums at the bottom. And if it's in balance, it's an acceptable range of right and left movement, then the clock remains balanced and it helps actually to tell time and it gives energy to the clock to continue on. Uh, however, if that pendulum swing is so far to the right or so far to the left, it actually can topple a clock. It can put it out of balance. It won't tell time anymore. It's out of sync with the whole purpose for which it's there. Um, so that pendulum or that plumb line is the picture that we're looking at. You know, we're created to be emotional people. We're created to have good kinds of emotions. Uh, we're created to be afraid when we need to be afraid, uh, even though it shouldn't dominate us. We're created to have patience or kindness we're created to be glad or excited, to have hope, uh, and to be happy. We're created to have concern where concern needs to be expressed. Uh, we're created to love, to rejoice. It's normal to also be sad. There's a whole range of emotions that we have, uh, and those healthy thoughts and emotions are in that range of the pendulum. Now, you know this as well as I do. When the truth grounds us, then our pendulum swings are going to be more and more centered on truth than anything else. Circumstances, uh, things that happen to us, things that people say to us, lies we believe can push us off course and out of balance. And when that happens, our pendulum swings wider and wider and wider. And in doing so, it puts us out of balance. So if you would just imagine a short range, a, a small range that that pendulum is swinging back and forth, an appropriate range with all those good emotions, good thoughts that I've already described. Now, imagine that a lie begins to influence that pendulum, uh, a winds or waves that push it off balance. Things said, things done, things experienced, things feared begin to move that pendulum out of balance, wider to the right or wider to the left. At some point, every one of us is affected by lies that damage us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, there's an amazing description with four words that talk about lies that damage us. And those four words are strongholds, which are basically habitual patterns of sin, speculations, which are the questions, what if, in worst case scenarios in our mind, um, lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God is another descriptor, and that deals with the wrong views of God. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't know about me instead of the right view of God. And then uncaptivated thoughts. Now, in recent uh, podcasts, we've talked about 
that we are to take the uh, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and these uncaptivated thoughts are thoughts we haven't taken captive to the obedience of Christ. So strongholds, speculations, wrong views of God, uncaptivated thoughts can push us off balance. So go back to that 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 picture again that I'm painting. There's a pendulum at the top, God who holds us at the bottom, the truth that grounds us. It's a gravitational force that should keep us in the range where we can have healthy thoughts and healthy emotions and build healthy relationships. Everybody is able to be in that range. By the power of God, we're able to be and stay in that range almost all of the time. And that lets us build healthy relationships with other people, healthy relationships with God. But once lies begin to dominate us and our thinking, once we allow them into our minds, they can be old habit patterns like those strongholds described or speculations, the what-ifs, the uh, wrong views of God, or uncaptivated thoughts, we get blown off course. And the pendulum swings wider and wider and wilder and wilder and more and more unbalanced. And this is where mood swings take place so easily. On the happy side of that, on the right side of that that document, that picture, uh, people can become thrill-seeking, fanatical, obsessed, um, they can experience impulsive behavior. If they're pushed off course in that direction, they become reckless. Uh, chemical abuse can take place. They're agitated. Sexual promiscuity. They're seeking a thrill. All those things on the far right side of that pendulum are the result of lies that damage us and complicates the relationships that we're in. Now, that's the energetic side. Move over to the non-energetic side, the far left. And those same kind of lies, stronghold speculations, wrong views of God, uncaptivated thoughts, can create in us the mood and the responses of withdrawal, anger, hopelessness, depression, feelings of worthlessness, denials of reality, bitterness, destructive thoughts, suicidal impulses. All of those are outside the healthy range of thoughts and emotions that build healthy relationships. They're all unhealthy, and they're all brought to that place by the swings of the pendulum that create moods that complicate relationships. So this is an incredible diagram to me as it describes uh, what needs to ground us, which is truth, and what can blow us off course, which are the lies. And the fact that God holds us, no matter where we are on that timeline, and where we are on that pendulum, that we have to let the truth he gives us ground us. That's where healthy relationships are. That's the range of healthy thoughts and emotions. And every time we ignore that reality, the strong gravitational pull of the truth of God's word, the strong gravitation of facts to guide us instead of wild responses, when we allow that to happen, we live in a balanced life. But when we don't, we're having the mood swings to the far right or to the far left with all kinds of complications for relationships. We're living in an unhealthy way. Our mental health is compromised and our soul is compromised in so many different ways. So I want you to have these diagrams, if you will, in your mind. That's why I say a picture is worth a thousand words. And here I am trying to describe these pictures in far more than a thousand words. But when you look at it, I hope it makes sense to you. And I hope it uh, it helps you calculate the cost of not grounding your thoughts in the truth and the expense of letting lies damage you and damage the relationships that you're in today. 
Of course, our goal in The Prospering Soul is to help you live a balanced life with God holding you and with truth grounding you. And you keep that in mind as you encounter different experiences, different thoughts, different statements, different things that happen to you in your circumstances. Keep in mind, you can be grounded in the truth. You can be held by God and stay in that balance scale, which brings healthy relationships. That's my goal for you. We'll talk more about these verses we talked about in future podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you stay with us in future episodes.